You're nasty. Are we good to go? Jack Nasty. Jack Nasty. Oh, I gotta chill. But, uh, yes, I think we're ready to go. Okay. And in three, two, one. I'm Liza Poor. I'm Mike Pulasic. Every week, we randomly pick two movies from our stupidly large DVD collection, watch them, and discuss. When it's all over, we can only keep one. Two disc center. One disc leaves. This is... DVD Deathmatch! Hello! Hello. Everybody. So glad to see See you. you. Hello, everybody. everybody. We're going to get sued. We don't have the rights. We don't have the rights to that. We did not license that. If if you work in music licensing and you listen to the (laughs) podcast, and I know some of you do... (laughs) Please get in touch. Um, hello, how are you? I'm I'm all right. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. How was your week? What's going on? N- uh, n- nothing. A uh, nothing. I had I had a slight panic. I was like, was there something that happened? And there really wasn't. No, we saw some people. It's great. Yeah, that's true. A rainy rainy Memorial Day. Yeah. Um, but we hung out with lots of people inside. Inside. Lots of vaccinated people inside. Lovely, loved it. And like. By lots of vaccinated people, I mean it was like we had two people each day. Like it wasn't <laughs> yeah. all at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, two at a time. Two at a time. <laughs> we don't have the rights to that song either. So. Oh, damn it. Um, shout out to Guster, though. That Those were the last <laughs> concert tickets we had before the pandemic <laughs> hit. And uh, we'll see if that show ever happens. I, I hope know. it does. Yeah. Anyway. Any who's all. What's up with you? Nothing. Nothing. We got to follow we, up. I was going to say, we have some business that we need to attend to from last week. So last week, we initiated the Laura rule. When So whenever we get to the end of the podcast and we can't decide what movie to get rid of, mm-hmm. if that happens, we have many rules sent in by listeners. If you have a rule, please send one in mm-hmm. um, of how to help us decide. And Laura's rule was, if you can't decide, you get to keep both, but you have to get rid of a DVD that you have that's still wrapped. Yes. So I went down into the the media closet (laughs) and um, looked at what was still wrapped. Mm -hmm. Not that many, obviously, you know, I try, we try to like, we've, we, we use our DVD collection. Yeah. But, um, (laughs) but one that was still wrapped was from, Last year or two years ago, I wow, I bought a very cheap copy of this movie in order to complete a, a collection. collection of. I had every movie by this director, these directors. And You're really like trying to hold out the mystery. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so the movie that is still wrapped that we're going to give away is called The Lady Killers. Yes, and it's by the Coen Brothers, and I purchased it because we had. All the Coen Brothers movies, except for that one. But we don't like that one as much. Right. If at all. I've only seen it the once, and I don't... I remember liking it more than you liked it, but I, was, but I wasn't like, uh, I really liked it. Right. And I didn't even... I mean, this was purchased in the last year or so, and I didn't even buy the Blu-ray or anything. <laughs> it was literally just like checking a box, <laughs> let me spend $2 on this, yeah. and then I'll, we'll have the entire collection. So it was very <laughs> stupid. So, you know what? As as we get older, the, that completest streak in me, letting it go. Goodbye, the lady killers from last week. 
Um, <laughs> I do. You know what's weird about that though is that I would kind of be interested in watching it again. Well, I feel like it's maybe available streaming and Probably. we could watch it somewhere then. Probably. Wow. You hear that? Did you hear that? What? It's a huge sigh of relief as the America <laughs> finally breathes after a week of suspense <laughs> of what movie we were going to get rid of. <laughs> but it was still wrapped. That's an indication that it's not a high priority. Yeah, it's still wrapped from a few years ago. I don't yeah. think I realized it was quite that long ago. Yeah. That it was still wrapped. So, yes. Uh, Lady Killers, thank you uh, for no service. but uh, Zero service. But someone, someone, someone else, else will some, love you. Some urchin on the street. <laughs> Alms for the poor. Alms. No, but here's a copy of The Lady Killers on DVD. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So that was last week. That was last week. Let's talk this week. Let's, Let's talk live in this the week. Y'all, this week, you know what we did? What? We watched two movies. How many movies? Two. Wow, two movies. Two. Look at us. They said it couldn't be done. Here we are. How else can I say it? I'm speaking other languages. Hey, that comes up later. What's that? It's from 13. Okay. <laughs> um. Anywho's, we watched <laughs> Superbad from 2007 and 13 from 2003. We did. Yeah, let's go ahead and start with Superbad. They're connected thematically. They are. They're re- like we're not doing this on purpose. We're truly not, but but you know, we've got uh uh teens, coming of age teens. Coming of, of age teens. One of them is uh gender normative boys and one of them is gender normative girls and wow. uh but they're very different films. Very different. <laughs> same same idea approached from der- very different directions. Yes, indeed. <laughs> All right, let's start with Superbad. Superbad. Uh, from 2007, mm-hmm. directed by Greg Matola, um, who also did Adventureland, mm-hmm. which is a favorite, and also The Day Trippers, which is a movie I watched recently, which I like a lot. Oh. Um, the IMDb summary... Two codependent high school seniors are forced to deal with separation anxiety after their plan to stage a booze-soaked party goes awry. That's not true. That's not true at all. They're, they're not staging a party. They're no, attending a party. they're attending one. Yeah. yeah. Mm, mm. We have notes. Fact check department. As per usual. Yeah. Um, so this is super bad. Let's start with no, popping off. Know it. The segment... America loves where we talk about what happens when you pop in the disc. Yeah. There is one trailer <laughs> and it's for a movie we talk about I feel like every week <laughs> for Walk Hard, walk the Dewey Cox hard. story. So I mean Boy well, oh boy, is that gonna be a good day when Walk Hard comes <laughs> out. <laughs> really sets the mood for Super Bad. So there's one trailer on it. The disc is jam packed. Yes. And it looked good. The movie looked good on DVD. Yeah. I, w- I would not feel the need to upgrade this. No. And it's super bad. You know what super bad you is. You know super bad. Huge, huge hit movie from the Judd Apatow stable of stars and producers and directors and all that stuff. Yeah, um, you've got Michael Sarah, you've got Jonah Hill, you've got Seth Rogen who wrote it. Yeah, Seth Rogen wrote it like... You know what? That's actually another connection with the next movie is that they're both coming of age things and they were both... The scripts were both written... By young people, teens, young yeah. teens. Yeah. Um, in 13, it was Nikki Reed writing it with the director mm-hmm. when she was still a teen. Yeah. With 
super bad. It's Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, who's his longtime collaborator. Mm-hmm. They wrote it when they were teenagers, I think. Yeah. And then, you know, it stuck around and obviously, like, changed a lot. But Yeah. But. Uh, you've got Bill Hader. Bill Hader, yeah. Who I love. Yeah, and you've got Emma Stone. Emma Stone in... Not her first role, but her kind of, like, breakout Yeah, definitely role. her breakout. Definitely the first thing I remember seeing her in. Yeah. Um, um, and it's, it's a, it's, um, and it's a coming-of-age thing. It's the, these two guys, mm-hmm. they're, it's very raunchy. I remember at the time, it was, like, uh, a, that was kind of the selling point, or that was, like, the thing that you were, that was the, there was the shock comedy thing. Yeah. Coming yeah, yeah. from how young they were, slash how, like, on PC, and... Uh, sexually explicit the whole movie is. Yeah, and it's like, like I, I remember watching it the first time and frankly this time just going like is this what it is for boys? <laughs> like just literally all they talk about is sex. Yes. Um, all Jonah Hill talks about is sex. I mean and Michael Cera too. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, and it's just like I, I, I mean I don't know. Uh, is it, is it, is it, um, yeah, (laughs) like it is, it's not like this, it's not all quips and, and whatever, but like, yeah, it's a pretty, it feels pretty true Uh to life. I mean, I, you know, I don't know if you can believe it, but I identify with the Michael Sarah character as, you know, um, you know, watching this, I when we popped it in, where I was like, "Oh yeah, super bad." I fully forgot that this was the McLovin movie. Really? Like, <laughs> so Michael, Sarah, and Jonah Hill are two guys in high school, senior year, right? Yeah, they're about besties. to go. They're about to graduate, go to college. Um, it's about their relationship, and they are trying to have sex before trying to have sex tonight at this big party or whatever. Right, and that's like. The whole thrust of the thing. And their other friend is Christopher Mintz-Plass, who plays um, Fogel. Yeah. This is his first, because it says yeah. introducing. Right. Yeah. And um, and he's, like, it, it somehow, like, makes Michael Sarah look super cool with how nerdy <laughs> he is. And he... Uh, he get, and you know the the iconic joke is that he gets a fake ID and the name on it is McLovin. Yeah. And there's that's like that's the if you know a joke from this movie that's the joke. That yeah. like it's just one of those like transcendent jokes that just made it out into pop culture like mm-hmm. in a way that like Austin Powers had done before. You know what I mean? Just like yeah. like one of those things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you say McLovin to someone and it's like, oh yeah, I know what that joke is. Yeah. And then you like watch the movie again and you're like, oh, this is pretty funny. It's like this is funny. It's like it's like, oh yeah. The the reason this became such a thing is because that is a fucking funny joke. Right, exactly. I mean like th- that's the thing with this it's this movie. It's a well crafted comedy. Picture yeah. it. Um it there's there's so much in it that is genuinely still very funny um and like <laughs> when like there's this there's this uh bit where um Jonah Hill's character is mad at the girl that Michael Sarah's character likes and is trying to get with and he's like, why do you hate her so much? And he tells the story about how when he was younger in the fourth grade and he was obsessed with drawing dicks. Yeah. <laughs> and she like 
found the dick collection and ratted him out and it was a whole thing and he was he's like i could i wasn't allowed to eat any dick shaped foods no pickles no hot dogs no corn dogs. like it's i don't know why that bit is so funny to me it's very funny but it true and like they show all these like sketches yeah, beautiful of like dicks. it's just and in different situations right it's weirdly creative and amazing yeah i love that bit yeah and the movie's really smart i mean it's like it's got that that Judd Apatow mid 2000s thing where it like mm-hmm. find it's not it finds what the real thing is about and mm-hmm. and the the real thing is that they are as the IMDb summary said before it went off the rails <laughs> um is that they're codependent yeah and that they are in love with each other and 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 having to face the anxiety of separating cuz Michael Sarah's character got into Dartmouth yeah and Jonah Hill's character did not. Right. So they're going to different schools next year. Right. And it's um, a love story between those two characters, you know, much more than it is like a, a sex comedy. And so this is all very obvious. Like yeah. I'm also, I'm just saying stuff that it's like explicit. I'm like saying stuff that's explicit in the text. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I know it's hard to talk about it because it feels like, well, one, everyone's seen this movie and two, right. we're not, there's, I don't have a fresh take on it. It's funny. Well, I'll say like a couple things that I wrote down while we were watching it is mm-hmm. that, my sometimes with these movies, this like Apatow averse, mm-hmm. like I, I love a lot of his movies, but like sometimes I get lost in and I always I'm always like, oh, this scene goes on a little long. This could have used an editor mm-hmm. okay. the, or you know, not could have used an editor. There's someone I'm sure someone very talented who edited the whole thing. Right. But like you this can feel you can feel them falling in love with jokes that don't that that could have gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the movie would have been better if they'd gone. And this, even though we watched like the extended cut, and I think there's a couple scenes where you can tell that they're extended. Yeah. But, um, I was amazed watching it, how like, for the most part, the editing is so on point. It doesn't feel like, oh, they're just riffing forever. Yeah. Which pineapple express to me had some of that Mm -hmm. where it felt like they were, oh, they're just riffing forever and they think it's hilarious. And some of it was, this one felt like all all the jokes and all the like riffing and all that stuff felt like it was moving, like it was in service of a story that's moving forward. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. how you talk about it with musicals. Yeah, yeah. Um, how the songs have to like not just be great and talk about character and all stuff, but also move the story forward. Yeah, yeah. And all the comedy set pieces like move the story forward in a way in this that sometimes in comedy movies of the mid 2000s and into today, I'm just like, okay, I get it. You think this is hilarious. Right. But like, yeah, it's pretty, because it is, how long is it? Because it, it is pretty long, right? I think it's a, ooh, I think it was like 100 minutes. Right. Um, but we also watched the extended one. Right. But the, but my point is that like it, it definitely is kind of on the longer side, but it doesn't necessarily feel that. Like yeah. everything's moving along at a good pace. Yeah. It's under two hours. Yeah. It's about 150, I think. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that was like, especially just watching comedies recently, I've just felt the length and this one moves along. Yeah. It also is such a smart movie for me in terms of, this is kind of what we were talking about with Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. Like, it it subverts kind of the high school movie expectations every which way. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no, this is the jock, this is the thing. There's no question that, like, Seth Rogen, no, sorry, not Seth Rogen, <laughs> Jonah, <laughs> Jonah Hill, who's yeah. playing, obviously, the Seth Rogen character. Yeah. That Jonah Hill could have sex. Like, it's never like, oh, he's, like, the fat guy or whatever. It's like... 
you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like it, it doesn't go for kind of the easy tropes of high school movies where it's like, oh, the nerd and the jock and, and the dweebs and all this stuff. It's like, um, it doesn't fall into the easy, like nerds, jocks, theater kids, whatever mm-hmm. thing. And I think, um, so many movies before it had, but with this movie, it's like, yeah, these dweebs could have sex, which is just true. Like people, all, all people in high school are having sex with each other. Like <laughs> it's not, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. it didn't fall into easy things and it was just, and it didn't, it, it felt like a new take on high school, even though it's doing a very like seventies kind of vibe to it with yeah. the soundtrack and the needle drops and the wardrobe and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, just to, to talk about the Jonah Hill, Seth Rogen character. I mean, the Jonah Hill character's name is Seth. Yeah. Um, and, and the Michael Cyrus character is Evan. Evan, yeah. yeah. Um, and just to talk about that, because they do, they do kind of uh, address it. And it's interesting for me because obviously, you know, body image issues affect boys just as much as they affect girls and mm-hmm. it's but it's not talked about as much right sure. um and i i do uh, really like the way that this movie kind of deals with it like there's some moments like he's trying to wear michael sarah's clothes oh at yeah one point. So at one point he's like do you own anything that was about a baby gap yeah um because he's he's, he's so confident yeah. and so full of bravado that right. he's like this is your fault that your yeah. clothes don't fit me um and then later, he's, you know, been trying to hook up with the Emma Stone character this whole time, and he gets wasted at this party, which is, you know, there, there's some problematic stuff going on in that the entire movie he's talking about getting her wasted to hook up with her. And, but, and but, uh, <laughs> he he says to her, because he's wasted and finds out that she doesn't really drink. So she's not wasted. And he says to her, well, that's the only way you would hook up with me is if you were wasted. And she's yeah. kind of like, well, that's not true. Like, I, I like you. And then he, like, headbutts her because he passes right. out. And her reaction is chef's kiss. So it's so perfect. funny. It's yeah. so great. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just think that's really – it's it's an interesting thing Uh just the way that it's addressed is very interesting to me because it's not ignored, right. which I think can happen sometimes. You've got, you know, you, you've got even, even written from, I can't think of a single example, but <laughs> when even written from the perspective of uh, a man, a white man who was fat, he'll just write this, he'll just change the script and just be like, yeah, all the girls were into me. It didn't yeah. matter because that's what men do. And uh, Seth Rogen and Evan didn't necessarily do that. They wrote this, like, uh, you know, uncomfortability into it. Right. But I don't know. It's just an interesting take on it, I feel like. It's yeah, like, I think it's interesting, too. He's he's. I think Jonah Hill's confidence mm-hmm. as a fat person in this movie mm-hmm. is, like, not to be stupid, but is pretty revolutionary. Yeah, and is pretty like exciting to see. Yeah, and is and that doesn't mean that he's like he's, right, but he's, it's also not ignoring that. Exactly, yeah. exactly. He's not like he's not like beautiful at any size, like bitch, or whatever. <laughs> like he's still got all that insecurity, all that insecurity yeah. because he's a teenage kid, right? And he's a teenage boy, and he's dealing. He's in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and you you know you brought up the. Um, problematic stuff, Mm -hmm. but I think, and and, you know, there's lots of like, 
so it's a it's a it's a weird needle to thread, and I right. you know you know how I never want to be the movie police where I'm like this joke, no, right? But I get it. You know, yeah. what I mean that's what we're doing here is like watching these older movies, mm-hmm. and with this movie, it's like I'm so. And you tell me how you feel because I'm a white guy, mm-hmm. uh, but like I'm so forgiving of this movie. For all, for you know, all the the stuff where he's like calling people gay, and yeah. there there's like all sort and all the stuff about Emma Stone, and like I'm gonna get her drunk, and then she's gonna sleep with me, and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. A because I think the movie, do, like I think the movie knows what it's doing in terms of the Emma Stone and stuff at the end, like the way it threads that needle in the party scene with like you know giving them the girls agency and and being mm-hmm. like oh no like. They they actually like you and they're not going to sleep with you right now like you idiot yeah and and then the the Michael Sarah thing and then the way it threads the needle in the mall scene at the end which I think is beautiful yeah anyway I think it like knows what it's doing there yeah and I also think that like with the there there's like a I, I'm very forgiving of it because. There's just a there is a toxicity to teen boys, right? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I um, think I, I and think so I'm I wanna, interested to hear what you say. Yeah, I think I want to be clear in that um, when I say problematic for this movie, it, it's not necessarily that the movie is problematic so much as the characters are problematic. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally, like, totally. And they because, are. And, oh, they and, are. Yeah, oh, and and because I think are. yeah, <laughs> and I think that the movie is like as you said, pretty hyper aware. You've got this whole thing the entire film of I'm going to get her drunk and she's going to sleep with me and she's like uh, actually I don't drink. I I don't want to sleep with you right now because you're wasted, right. but uh, I would. Um and then you've got uh Evan, Michael Sarah's character, the girl that he's been chasing after and he, you know, the whole movie has been kind of like sweet i guess you know and and a little less like yeah i just want to get my dick wet and <laughs> a little bit more like i brought sperm saddle lube um and it's adorable i wish you wouldn't say i want to get my dick wet <laughs> well sorry um, <laughs> you are my lovely bride and i would love for you that <laughs> jesus uh, we're, that's a whole that's a whole other that's a different <laughs> podcast um but if it may, will make you feel better i'll bleep it um no no don't bleep it i'm just kidding. but um but uh uh I'm so he, he, sh- he, so Michael Sarah shows up at Michael Sarah's character shows up at the party and the girl that he wants to have sex with is wasted. Yeah. And, and her friend is like, Oh, she's been talking about you all night. She wants to get with you. And he's like, well, but if she's wasted, then that would be wrong. And her friend says, not if you're drunk too. So he goes away and gets himself wasted but then it all goes awry. But it's just an again an interesting thing where it's like, yeah, all of that is problematic, right? Sure. But the movie clearly knows it and is and is kind of addressing it. Like yeah, that I think it's addressing is, it exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I think, I mean, not as much with the kind of gay jokes. Those are just kind of said because yeah, and someone he, thinks they're funny, right? And he's he uses a slur when he's talking about Fogel, and yep. he says the R word, and yeah. all these things happen. I'm just saying, I I and I, there's not there's no, I, I'm not defending it. I'm just saying, like, oh, weirdly, the alchemy of this movie is such that I forgive its sins because it's about. It's like watching the fucking Sopranos, which is like <laughs> they they say the worst shit imaginable, they do the worst shit imaginable, and you're like, mm. oh well, it's okay. They know. 
they know that they're bad. They're they're portraying badness. Yeah. And so it's fine. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, but you know, Sopranos, super bad, whatever. They're still getting laughs, getting thrills, getting chills. <laughs> thrills and chills. Thrills and chills. Out of uh out of, you know, all this stuff. Anyway, also shout out to that actress who plays who's shwasted. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martha McIsaac is her mm-hmm. name, and she's incredible. And I just think like you have Michael, Sarah, Jonah Hill, Emma Stone, and Martha McIsaac, who yeah. is not a household name, but she was so she's great in this great. movie. Yeah, so yeah. great. She yeah. plays Becca. Yeah. Um. um another thing that I want to note because it will tie into when we talk about thirteen, uh, a scene in thirteen, is so the Christopher Mintz Platz who plays Fogel, right? That's the name. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I said it right. right? Mm-hmm. Um he is of the teen characters, he's the only one who's actually a teen. Everyone else is in their twenties. Oh, that's yeah. not true. Emma Stone is also young on the younger side. Um but Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah, uh the girl who plays Becca. Yeah. Name you just Martha said. McIsaac. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Sorry. They're all in their 20s. Uh, but Fogel is 17 at, yeah. the, at the time of filming. And he does like a sex scene. And it just like, there was a whole, I think I heard something about how like, like his mom was in the room or something because he's underage. Yeah, so yeah. you can't just like yeah. let him go. Right. Um, and just kind of like how funny that would be. Uh. <laughs> uh, um, and it, but it's also really interesting watching that character because he's the youngest one. He's, you know, he is a teen and he just like, I don't know. He does just a wonderful job, obviously. What a he's, fucking he's great discovery that guy is in this yeah. movie. Like it's one of the best, you know, he's, he was in promising young woman. He's been in yeah. a bunch of other stuff. Like he's great. Yeah. He's in role models. He's great in that <laughs> yeah. um, role models. Check it out. Yeah. But, um, uh, what a fucking like casting dis- like one of the best pieces of casting of all time. Yeah, yeah I would yeah. say <laughs> absolutely. In someone else's hand, it hands it would not have been as good. Right, and um, it would, but, and it's like it's not an act. I mean, he is an actor. I'm yeah. not taking anything away from him as an actor. No, but it doesn't. It you're just like yeah, that's a fucking nerd. <laughs> and like I was, I, like I get it, man. <laughs> Like, like I was in high school and I fucking get it. Like that. It's just so funny. Um, yeah. I mean, the one thing we haven't talked about, so they, it's, it's a, it's a night in the life, Mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're going to this party, they're on a quest to get some booze, then misadventures happen and they finally get to the party, they go to another party, whatever, like all this stuff happens all in one night, which I, I, that's always like a thing that I love, like Booksmart and Dazed and Confused are all that way too. And, yeah. and love that. But um, one thing we haven't talked about is that, so McLovin get Fogel gets kind of like, has a different quest with these cops. Yeah. And we haven't really talked about the cops, which is played by Seth Rogen and Bill Hader. Yeah. And to me, like they, they're both great. Love them. There's a couple jokes that I was like crying at. There's one part where Bill Hader is doing a Yoda voice and then he says, that's Yoda from Attack of the Clones. And I fucking was crying. I was crying. I don't know he why. Was. He really was. I don't know why. Just saying. It's because Bill Hader is a fucking genius. Yeah, Bill Hader's a genius. <laughs> um, anyway, so, but the, there are parts of the cop section 
that I was like, okay, this is this feels a little more like we're just kind of like letting people riff a little yeah. bit. Um, but they were also very funny. So yeah, I loved very it. Funny. Yeah, loved it was really it. great. Um, you brought up Booksmart, which I think honestly is one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and watching Super Bad, I was like, oh, I forgot how similar Super Bad is to Booksmart. And it's funny because. Jonah Hill and Beanie are yeah, siblings. So they it's are. just like a very, I was like, oh, so that was, I hate to be like, that was her super bad, but. No, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> they're very similar. I mean, yeah. Booksmart has its own great stuff going for it. Yeah. Like it's not a co- carbon copy, No, not but it's taking that format. It's the same idea. Yeah. Same, same, same format. exact format. Yeah. And then filling it in, filling in the blanks differently. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean uh, the oh sorry, back to the cops. Mm-hmm. Um I mean it's you know, this is like an interesting thing kind of is watching anything with cops lately. Oh yeah. You know, in the past year. Yeah, yeah. Where it's suddenly be like I know Brooklyn Nine Nine went through all this stuff where it's like, should we even be making this television program anymore? Oh, oh. and it's funny to watch. And but again, like I don't know if it's just affection I have for this movie or what. Mm. But like I feel so forgiving of this. Not 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 and not to say that there's even anything to forgive, but just like the cops in this movie are dumb assholes. Yeah, and I, I love that. Yeah, I like. I love that. Like, cause yeah, I just think it's like a, like, yes, it's played for comedy, mm-hmm. but like they are dumb, drunk, high assholes. Yeah. And I just think that it's like a beautiful thing. Yeah, and Bill yeah. Hader and Seth Rogen are really good. Yeah. Again, it's like, it's, it, it works for some reason. And probably that reason is just that like, I have such affection for Bill Hader and mm-hmm. Seth Rogen to a degree, <laughs> to a um, lesser degree than Bill Hader. But <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Sorry, um, Seth. I know you're an avid listener. He's an avid listener. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, super bad. I love it. Great. It's still funny. It's still still good, you guys. Still Is it good. available? Oh, I wasn't ready. <laughs> <laughs> super bad is on. So it's on this obscure service. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Net. Flix. Oh, and is that F L I C K S? Yes. Okay, great. Uh, dot biz. <laughs> if dot you go N E T F L I C K S dot biz, <laughs> they will mail you VHS <laughs> of Superbad. Um, uh, no, so so it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Is great. The end of that? Great. Yeah, it also feels like one that's that's uh, gonna be. Available for But the DVD is fucking stacked. It is stacked. Oh, guys. 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 Gag reel. Gag reel. Obviously. And very funny gag reel. Really good gag reel. Yeah. Not overly crafted, but well crafted. And obviously very funny. Yeah. This has been your gag reel minute with Liza Poor. <laughs> um, one joke I'm going to return to. Okay. Before we move on. Okay. And I re- it... it goes back to my incoherent rambling earlier uh-huh. about how the movie is very smart and um, innovative in how it does high school uh-huh. is they go, there's an offhanded joke about they're in the cafeteria and I don't remember the exact wording, but um, Michael Sarah goes like, essentially like, 
I'm not like some kind of like Steven Glansberg here or something like that. <laughs> uh-huh. And they cut to Steven Glansberg. Oh. And it's just a gotch. Like, like they don't cut to like a nerd. Right. They just cut to like a dude. Yeah. That everybody hates named Steven Glansberg. And I just love that. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. That it's not, they don't, they're not like, oh, he's got big glasses or like, oh, it's a fat kid. Oh, or, he looks oh, like crazy in the face. Right. Yeah. It's just like a dude that everybody hates. And I think that's a very smart joke. That's yeah. all. What's... The. The. Connection. connection. Uh, We peeked the hell out of that. Yeah. So (laughs) the connection between these two movies is, I thought this would be easier, but is that, I mean, it might be, there might be one I'm not thinking of, Mm. but anyway, Seth Rogen, Mm -hmm. who's in Superbad. He is. Wrote Superbad. Yeah. And Evan Rachel Wood, who Mm -hmm. stars in 13. Yes. They were in a episode of Drunk History in 2019 together about Mary Shelley. <laughs> um, Evan Rachel Wood played Mary Shelley and Seth Rogen played Victor Frankenstein. Well. So that's pretty good. There you go. I have not seen that episode, but I would like to check it out. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Our next film. Our next film is 13 from 2003, directed by Catherine Hardwick. Yes. Lady. Director. Lady director. <laughs> um, <laughs> the IMDb summary is a 13-year-old girl's relationship with her mother is put to the test as she discovers drugs, sex, and petty crime in the company of her cool but troubled best friend. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, yeah. It's pretty good. Uh <laughs> Well, it's like a very like on the nose describing what happens in the film as opposed to like what the movie's about. What the mood is, the what vibe. It's about. What's it really about? Um, so yeah, you've got Evan Rachel Wood, you've got Holly Hunter, who puts yeah. in an amazing performance as per usual. The great Holly Hunter. She's just incredible. She is. She truly is. I love her so much. Yeah. And will always. Yes. Uh, you have Nikki Reed, yeah. who co-wrote the film with Catherine right. Hardwick, um, and uh, co-wrote the film with Catherine Hardwick. Catherine Hardwick was dating her father, Nikki right. Reed's father, right? And and Nikki was like going through a tough time, and in an effort to try and steer her back towards creative endeavors, she said, "Let's write this script together." Great, and that's how, where Thirteen came from, which is interesting. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, and kind of cool. Yeah, I remember this movie coming out and it being, I remember it being kind of like sold on that idea. Yeah. You know what I mean? That being a part of like the marketing of it. And that's not, I don't mean that like cynically or I don't mean that like, oh, that's a problem or anything. Mm -hmm. But I just mean like, I remember the idea that like, oh, this was written by someone who's going through this exact thing at this exact time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, And... Yeah, I mean, both Evan Rachel Wood and Nikki Reed are legitimately teenagers during the filming of this. They're four, right. 14, I think. Right. Um, but they're both so good, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. No, no, hard, no. Hard disagree. No, I didn't TV. hard disagree. I just, I just said, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm letting... Um, yeah, I just, I think they, they, for, for 14 year olds, they put in really amazing performances and there's a lot of like trivia about it, about how like 
it was really hard for both of them. And they did like a, a, there's a YouTube video somewhere of like the 10th anniversary of it or something where the two of them talk about it. And both of them are like, Oh, we can't watch it because it's too traumatic, (laughs) which like I can understand, you know, so it it feels like, and it feels it, it, you know, they were both doing the work. Uh, and it, I think that shows. Yeah. And whatever. Also, one of my favorite things, Holly Hunter and Evan Rachel Wood are a beautiful match. Oh, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You love that. They truly yeah. are. Um, uh, yeah. They really are. Wow. Yeah. yeah. They, like, look very similar. Yeah. They in, did a great job there. In, like, the math of it. Right. And the, uh, the it's a it's a tough watch because of how good the performances are in terms of like those two uh i mean i just felt for holly hunter so much yeah and i don't remember watching this the first time i remember not loving it the first time i saw it but i but i don't think i related so hard to holly hunter because i was not a parent right at the time yeah yeah. and this time it was definitely like oh my god like she's going through it yeah (laughs) yeah and and it's just it's this weird place for me this movie is very strange for me because like uh when I watched it the first time, I don't think I identified with Holly Hunter, but I also don't think I identified with uh, Evan Rachel Wood's character. Mm-hmm. But that being said, it was all very recognizable. So so basically, you start this movie and uh, Tracy is Evan Rachel Wood's character mm-hmm. and her mom have a close relationship. They don't have a lot of money. Um her mom is like a does like hair out of their house. Um, she's got an older brother, and she's she's thirteen. She's young. She's naive. Her bestie, played by Vanessa Hudgens, that's right. Um, and uh, you know they're kind of like there's there's a point at which girls do this switch, and I think that's true for uh, almost all girls. It's probably a little bit true for boys, although I would say less so. But there's this switch that happens where all of a sudden playing with the dolls and, and being into science and stuff is not cool. And you have to be interested in boys and you, you know, whether you're interested in boys or not. Uh, and you have to dress a little differently and you can't, you know, and so she starts the movie very much on the younger side of 13. Yeah. She's a child. And, and in an effort to, be cool and hang out with the cool girls. She, she changes and evolves. Um, but also I think it's interesting that it's not necessarily like, this isn't like an innocence lost thing. Like this girl at the beginning of the movie, she's young and talking about how she's not going to let herself get anything less than an A this year at school and you know, whatever. And she's got her hair and pigtails and, and all that. And she doesn't wear makeup and all that stuff, but her parents are divorced. Um, she smokes. Yeah. She uh, uh, cuts herself. She's self harm. Yeah. That's Lots of trigger warnings. A go go. That's for this already movie. going on. Right? Yeah, that is already happening. She's already in uh, kind of a delicate place, mm-hmm. and then it's just pushed even further. Yeah. In an in an effort for her to find where she belongs. Right. 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 Um. And it's just again, it's I think it's played beautifully by mm-hmm. Evan Wood. I think she does an amazing job. Yeah. Um, and so, so I don't, so I didn't identify with the mom. Right. I didn't necessarily identify with the kid, but I, I understand that that moment where you realize 
that it's not cool to like My Little Pony anymore. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. not cool to play with dolls anymore. And, oh, I'm supposed to be into this stuff now. And, and right. trying to figure all of that out. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that, that moment is is so I mean that's the whole that's the whole thing but she goes she goes so far the other way where she's 13 years old and all of a sudden having sex and doing hard drugs and and is it hard drugs maybe it's soft drugs is soft drugs I a mean, thing she's doing she drugs she drops acid at the park so I'm gonna call that hard drugs great you're right you're right <laughs> and you're right and uh and She's stealing and she's failing every class and stuff. It's not just, it's not just like, oh, let me like experiment with these things. She goes full, like full tilt, full tilt. Yeah. And is also, I mean, it's so funny because all that stuff is like, okay, I get it. You're 13. You're going crazy. Whatever. Mm -hmm. The way she speaks to her mother. Oh, Lord. Not okay. Not okay. In my book. Not okay. In anyone's book. Uh, She's just disrespectful, <laughs> and I will not have it in my house. Uh, I mean, uh, Holly Hunter won't have it in her house. Yeah. She kind of <laughs> will have it, though. Yeah, no, that is actually a thing, is that she's, like, very... She has such... She does such a good job, and the character is pretty well rendered, mm-hmm. to so as to be like, oh, this is believable. Yeah. Where she has such guilt about not having enough money and all this stuff, and her own kind of... Faults. Yeah, she talks about going to a meeting. We don't we don't find out exactly what her her drug or alcohol of choice was ever, but right. she goes to meetings, so she's dealing with her own shit. Right, and she clearly has such guilt about that that she doesn't want to stand up to her daughter. Yeah. Because yeah. she's like, oh, this is my fault. Right, and there's also just a certain amount of uh, uh, picking your battles right. that I see going on there. Like, there's a moment where she... Couldn't buy her these jeans that she really wanted, so she took her daughter's jeans and and made them look like the jeans that she wanted. And instead of saying thank you, her daughter says, don't go into my room when I'm not here, and those are my favorite jeans, and I can't believe you did that to them. And she just walks out of the room and closes the door. Yep. And, you know, because I think that that's true. There's a certain amount of, she's 13, she's, I mean, I always hated it when when it was like, oh, your hormones. And I was like... Fuck you. Um, but there is a certain amount of you're not thinking rationally right now and you're not acting rationally. And right. That's not completely your fault. So I'm just going to walk away. Right. 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 Um, right. I think the reason I, I like this movie, because I do genuinely like this movie a lot. Um, and I think the reason is because I it, it's all it all feels very relatable, even though it wasn't my experience necessarily. Um, I knew those girls like the, the, and I was friends with those girls and I witnessed that. And, um, I remember the feeling of, um, all of my clothes are stupid. And if I just get the right clothes, that will fix everything. Right. And there's a whole scene about her clothes in it, you know? And, um, it it feels like an exaggeration in a lot of ways. Like yeah. I think it's very easy to look at that and go like, okay, but it's not mm-hmm. both in, in the experiences that she's going through and also the way that she's acting and, and you know, that is all so recognizable. Yeah. Um, which is why I think with super bad, I was like, is that what it's like? <laughs> right. Because right. Because I do think that this is what it's like. There are varying degrees of how it affects you, but right. it, this is what it's like. Right. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't have this experience. Obviously, in a lot of ways, I had the much more... I had a male experience. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you might call it. Right. Well, but, it's, and, it's, it's uh, sorry. I just want to say really quickly, it's hard. It's hard to talk about it uh, as someone who's very aware of like gender stereotypes and, and not wanting to lean into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think that this is, there are experiences that, that can be stereotypically male and stereotypically female. Yeah. And both of these movies portray those things. They do. And I think that, I mean, I think, I think that's okay. I think that it's like, we're not saying these are universal experiences, right? but, but I do think I had a much more like a much more super bad experience <laughs> than a, 13 experience yeah. and and that but that doesn't mean that all males have that and and men can go down a, a path 13 is a cautionary tale yeah 13 is not a comedy no no it's it is not, not. It's, it's a cautionary tale it has real and i don't mean this pejoratively mm-hmm. but i think it's true it has real like after school special vibes of like she bit, she yeah. kind of like goes down the wrong path and we see the the uh what's what that has wrought yeah on her family on her mother on her own prospects all yeah that on stuff. herself yeah right on, on herself and and all that stuff and i think that like you know there's drugs there's sex there's there's um uh crime crime a life of crime yeah and i think that you know that that that's it's that it's okay to say that that the, the movie's trying to portray a very female experience mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah and there, i think there's also something to be said for uh where it's set it takes place in california yeah which feels like that's going to be a different experience than someone who grew up in the suburbs of philadelphia um you know what i mean yeah uh, but and it does feel very LA to oh me. Oh my god! The whole thing. I wrote down. I cannot relate to this because of it has outdoor high school, <laughs> and I cannot relate to any movie where they are outdoor high school. I uh, cannot. I will not. I refuse. I cannot. I will not. We we never went outdoors when we were in high school. Not once. Uh, <laughs> And it's like, it's like, it's like, oh, they, it's like watching like, oh, they had high school on the moon. Like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Am I overstating it? Um, I'm interested to hear what you think about, uh, the way it looks, the style of it, because it's very mash you. Oh, that is my, that is maybe my biggest complaint about this film is that it is hit you over the head. Like what's that handheld cam, shaky cam the whole time. And then like. Oh, in the before times, she's kind of like blue. And then as she starts to get to know the Nikki Reed character and come into her own, everything is bright and yellow and gold. And then as things start to fall apart, it's blue and there's almost no color because she's sad. And then the last scene, the colors are back because everything's going to be okay. And it's just like, all right. I feel like you get it. <laughs> I feel like you know how I feel about it from what you just said. Um, it looks like a bad, the whole movie looks like a bad Stone Temple Pilots video. <laughs> like It's like, it's like, you know, it feels, you know what it looks like to me? It looks mm. like the ads that we've talked about where it's like, you wouldn't steal a car. <laughs> the yeah. whole movie looks like that. It does. And there's a couple moments of like, where like where they kind of like, like there's a couple moments of grace in there mm. where you know they're like the sprinklers go off and they're all dancing in the sprinklers and you see like 
okay, I could see how this would have worked. But for, to me, the visual style is actually like a real hurdle. It's distracting. It's distracting. Yeah. And it it certainly timestamps it. Yeah. Like it certainly feels like this was made in 2003. I mean, the whole movie is so timestamped. Right. In a not a bad way. I mean, right. it, it was made in this time and it looks like that time. Right. Well, and it's an interesting thing, too, that I, I was thinking about this with the clothes. Um I mean, there's a lot of trivia and stuff that says like, oh, well, these were like because it was so low budget, these are just their clothes. Right. Um, But yeah, it feels very early 2000s. We've got low rise flare jeans. We've got lace up shirts. We've Mm -hmm. got T-shirts that we've cut up and safety pinned together. We've got um, underpants for a 13 year old that say, I want a bone and have a dog on them. Like that is so perfectly sums up what clothes were (laughs) in high school for me. Just like all of it was like weirdly sexual in like the grossest way. Like pink on your butt and stuff like that. And just like, um, remember co-ed naked? Yeah, I remember that. Like just stuff like that. We were like, why was this what fashion was? And fashion is so different now. Like, and that's not to say that, teenagers now don't have their own own stuff but there's right. so much more like the stuff that's in style is like billy eilish like baggy yeah kind of like shapeless stuff is way more in fashion mm-hmm. yep. now and it's just very interesting to me how different it would have been if as a teen especially as like a fat teen yeah what was in style was like baggy do you know yep and there was some stuff that was baggy but so much of it was like baby doll tees and like (laughs) spaghetti straps which you can't wear that with a bra and And i could not wear a bra yeah yeah so just it's a it's a very interesting i'm I'm interested to know how the kind of the fashion would affect that for a teenage girl today you know yeah yeah back to the visual style i Mm. for me like I think what they're going for, and Catherine Hardwick, you know, she like she made Twilight. She's done other things. We, she like I'm not. I don't mean to criticize Mm. the movie, Mm. especially because it's about an experience that's like not mine. And I do feel like watching it. I'm like, oh, it's important that some people see this. Yeah, it's not for me. (laughs) Is is how I feel about it. But it's important that this exists. I guess. Yeah. 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 So that, I know that sounds fucking patronizing as hell, and I don't mean it to. But the visual style to me is like it's going for realism. Yeah, like it's like oh shaky cam. Oh, we're going for like a like a John Cassavetes. Like we're in the you know what I mean. Like we're we're never we're never on a tripod. We're just like yeah. in people's faces the entire time, and it works sometimes and sometimes it doesn't. But I think that there's like a. It's like the you know the color the, the color that you're talking about and like the filters and all mm-hmm. this stuff it just like it messes with the alchemy of that realism in yeah. such a way that that doesn't quite work. I think it's the second time I've said alchemy in this episode and I apologize. Oh, I don't know. I, we're going to put an alchemy warning on this one. <laughs> a for alchemy. Oh my god. Um every oh the, speaking of that everything Everything looks like it's like, okay, I was trying to get to the bottom of what was not working for me visually Mm -hmm. while we were watching it Mm -hmm. because it is like shaky cam, you know, all this stuff. It's like a weird combination of we're never going to be on a tripod and we're never going to like, like, um, 
block a scene cinematically, you know, with the camera and stuff. Uh-huh. But we're also, everything is going to look so lit. And there's a lot of natural light happening in the daytime, but at night everything looks like, like there's just like crazy neons happening and like this. I, I, I can't. I didn't really notice that. So I'm I don't know. To, trying to picture it. Yeah. There, everything looked like there were like neon lights everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. Maybe this doesn't make any sense, but it like it, there was, it's the reason I bring it up is because I'm going to use the word again. I'm going to say alchemy. Oh God. And there's just a specific like brew. Oh, there you go. Of, of ingredients and like, like measurements. And <laughs> you're like, you're looking at me like, what the fuck are you talking about? What are you saying? <laughs> that is like, Oh, how is this going to feel real? Yeah. And it feels like the the mixture of it is just off slightly for me. Mm-hmm. Well, it feels like much like the character of Tracy. They just went full tilt on oh, yeah. on every on all the effects on yeah. everything. Yeah, um, and then yeah, to bring it back to the the thing I said, it would come up at thirteen. The thing about um, the guy who played Fogel being a teenager. Uh, I read this trivia. So there's this, this, there's this scene where there's like a neighbor who is older. They never specify how much older, although the actor was 28. Mm -hmm. Um, and the girls, as I said, are 14 and they go over and like, basically her friend, the Nikki Reed character is like, he's hot. Let's go over there. They go over, they're doing shots. She's flirting with him. She pushes him down on the couch. He tries to resist for like a millisecond. Right. And then the girls are like kissing him, blah, blah, blah. And then he freaks out and kicks them out. And they're like screaming at him. And it's this whole thing. But, um, apparently it was like the director invited them all over to her house to try and like, make him more comfortable with the scene. But he was always super awkward about it because he was worried about the age difference right. as he should have been. Cause they're children. And then also to make it even more awkward during filming, there's like a welfare person on set just to make sure things don't go too far. And I was just like, Oh, that seems like a nightmare. Well, Cause they're, they're, they're what? 14. They're 14 and he's 28. And they're fucking full on making out with him yeah. in that scene and stuff. And so. taking his shirt off. Yeah. And, and I will say that, like, like it works. The scene works really well for me anyway. It just feels, it feels in line with the character. Like, it doesn't feel like, oh, no. And it achieves, right. it achieves the uncomfortable thing that they're going for. And I also feel like it doesn't go too far. Yeah. So well done, everyone. Well but done, I just everyone. as a, as like like be him being that actor, the guy. I would be like, this is a nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely found it hard to watch in a few ways, but I think that one of them is the same way that I find Euphoria hard to watch, mm. which is just like, hey, I don't mean to play this card, but as a father of daughters, <laughs> which I am, you, you are. I I don't. Uh, don't love it. It's way more terrifying to watch like, oh, your your kids are going to fucking yell at you about how much they hate you while they do drugs and give blowjobs uh, than, than it is to watch like, oh, let's watch an apocalypse movie. Great. <laughs> love that. Love that. Um, not that I. Uh, anyway, so 
that that so I was definitely like, oh god, I'm like so un. I just feel so uncomfortable, uncomfortable and unhappy right now. Yeah, but it's because it's like I just don't. I don't want to watch like a. Girl, I don't want that. I don't want a girl yelling at her parents. I, I don't being mean. <laughs> um, so mean. So mean. One more quick uh, behind the scenes for you. There's a scene where uh, Nikki Reed's character pierces Tracy's belly button. Oh yeah. Um, which is all wrapped up in the kind of self destructive behavior. Um, you know, she's got having, has a fight and then says, let's pierce my belly button. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she, you know, like she goes to do it and she's like, this is going to hurt more than your tongue because in a previous scene she got her tongue pierced. Um, and she's like, just do it. And then she does it. And you just, there's just a shot of Evan Rachel Wood's face and she's going, what the fuck did you do? And Nikki Reeds runs out and grabs like tissue paper. And the mom's like, is everything okay? And she's like, yeah, we just spilled a Coke. It's fine. And clearly, you know, whatever. And it, it is in the end fine. She just has a belly button ring, but apparently that's a real needle. And Nikki Reed actually poked her and Everett Wood has a scar, <laughs> which so the, what the fuck did you do is an actual reaction to what is going on. How did they allow that to happen? <laughs> Like what in what universe? I mean, low budge, baby. Low budge. There's also a scene where they go to the movies. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and this was my favorite part. Yeah. Was when they go to the movies and um the they're going to go see they they split up the parents uh, well it's it's Holly Hunter and her boyfriend Jeremy Sisto. <laughs> where is Jeremy Sisto by the way? Elton. Love him. Love God, him. God, Elton, can you suck? He had such a great like clueless and six feet under and 13. And I know he was on a law and order at some point, but like, mm. where's Jeremy Sisto? Weren't they all? I want nothing but the best for Jeremy Sisto. Anyway, they go to the movies. The parents go to see battle of Kandahar starring John Cusack <laughs> and the, and they split up and Nikki Reed and Evan Rachel would buy tickets to see the misadventures of Ezekiel balls starring, starring Jack, Jack black. black. <laughs> and that's just a great fake movie title. Yeah. And it's a great fake movie poster. Yeah. Because it looks, it, I mean, it looks terrible. Right. It does not look like a real movie poster. But it's got, it's like Photoshop with Jack Black and like a cartoon pig or something. <laughs> and I was like, oh, like, this is the thing. The Misadventures of Ezekiel Balls made me think of how, like, I was like, oh, that's like funny. Yeah. I wish there was more like funny in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not a funny movie. It's not a funny movie. Um, but I did not stop thinking about the misadventures of Ezekiel Balls. <laughs> All right. Is it available? It is not streaming anywhere, but it can be purchased online. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Um, so here we are in the decision Here place. we are. So here's... So I... I like Superbad a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't love 13, mm-hmm. but it's also... Like, I'm not mad at it. Mm-hmm. Just not for me. Mm-hmm. I don't feel strongly about either. Okay. So if you feel st- strongly about one or the other, like I defer. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm conflicted because I, especially because 13 is not available, I, I would like to keep 13. Okay. I like 13 right. a lot. Um, it was one of the movies that I was like, Oh, I really want to watch it. Oh, but it'll come up, so I'm not going to watch it. So, okay. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. I, I watch it with a f- fair amount of regularity. Right. Um, 
but I also really like Superbad. I like Superbad a lot too, and it's a, it's got a gag it's reel. It's a good disc. It's a good disc, solid disc. It's got a gag reel. So I don't know what to do. We could do a rule. Do we do a rule again? Yeah, we could do a rule again. Ugh. I mean, I, like you know, I'm uh, as I said. I think I think we gotta do a rule. Great, let's Another do a rule. rule. I think we do. Let's do it. All right, it's. One to seven. One I to think. seven. Guys, please, please, please send us some more rules because we'd love to have them. Right. The criteria is when we get to the end of the episode, we can't decide. We need a way to decide. Right. And sometimes it's like this where we can't decide because we want to, we just want to keep both. Or it's a, uh, we can't decide because we don't care about either of the movies. Mm-hmm. You just never know what it is going to be. You never know. Um, so please send those in. Okay. All right. Hey, Siri. Hmm? Pick a number between one and seven. A random number between one and seven is two. Rule number two. Rule number two is the Steve rule. The Steve rule. Classic. The rule that gave birth to all the other rules. Uh-huh. It means if we can't decide on a movie to get rid of between the two that we've done in the episode, uh-huh. we pick a random number <gasps> for our spreadsheet and we have to get rid of that that DVD, oh God, no matter about, what. I forgot about this terrifying rule. So. Okay. Do it. All right. Here we go. Ah, okay. Yeah. Hey, Siri. Uh-huh. Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 606. 606 is. Oh, God. From 2006, Idiocracy. Oh, no. I mean, I mean, here's the thing about that is that, like, I'm probably fine with that, but I kind of wanted to watch it again. Well. Too bad. Too bad. It's gone. (laughs) Oh, man. Steve, you've done it again. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for your sacrifice, Idiocracy. I'm sorry that you will not get a, a, a chance, honestly, because 13 and Superbad are just too, too good to let go of. Too good. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Should we pick this next matchup? Let's do it. Hey, Siri. Uh-huh. Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 1,025. 2025 is from 2002. The Rules of Attraction. Oh, who is that? That's James Vanderbeek. And it's like a college sex movie. What? From the author (laughs) of American Psycho. But I've never seen it. You've seen it. I've never seen it. I have? Yeah, I did not buy this DVD. I I have zero memory. You don't remember that movie? I don't remember it at all. I have nothing. Maybe I'll recognize it when I look at the I mean, like, I've never seen it. Well, this should be interesting then. <laughs> it Can't should wait. be. It should be. All right. Let's see what's going up against it. Hey, Siri. Mm-hmm. Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 511. 511 is... From 1962, Gypsy. Ooh, that's a favey fave. There's a favey fave for you. 
And you said it's the 62 one. 1962 yeah. Gypsy. So Have an egg roll. Mr. Goldstone. Yes. Weird. That's a, a movie weird, neither weird of us have seen, theoretically. I mean, or maybe you just, we just don't remember. I just don't. Yeah, I think I just don't remember. And Gypsy, which we've both seen. But a musical. And as our number one fan, Michelle, says, musicals do not fare well on this podcast. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Michelle. I feel like Gypsy has a good shot over <laughs> the rules of attraction. Hey, we don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows how this is going to turn out? Who knows? Y'all, thank you so much for listening, especially if you got this far. We're DVD Deathmatch in all of the places. We got the Insta, we got the Twitter, we got the Gmail, we got the World Wide Web, and I hope that you get to spend some indoor time with someone who is also vaccinated because it's lovely. It's lovely to see people again. It's so nice. I like people. Big fan. Big fan. Big fan of the human interaction yeah exactly (laughs) all right come back next week and see who survives dvd Dvd death match this is the the cops in this movie movie You don't have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, in fact, it's not helpful. <laughs> it's really not. Um.